We're born with success. It is only others who point out our failures, or what they attribute to us as failure. I think the idea that you know who your inner self is, you know, on a daily basis, because, you know, what's good for you 25 years ago may not be good for you now. So to keep in touch with that, that's the, that's the, uh, I think, the, the first ingredient for success. Because if you're a successful human being, you know, everything else is gravy. obviously right because we went there but i don't want to ascribe that onto what this non-existing person might be in the future you know what i mean like maybe they're nothing like us and it's perfect for them i don't know i kind of dealt with it recently with my little brother who just started his freshman year of college where he had the option of going to columbia and i was like bruh don't do that (laughs) you know what i mean and that was on some (laughs) that was on some me projecting my own sort of experiences onto him there's no guarantee that he wouldn't have loved it right so uh and even then i kind of i don't know it was fun i just didn't love the institution itself you know yeah yeah that's real it's true too because like also i mean in this scenario we're all a ways away from having kids, especially kids the age to go to Columbia. So it's interesting yeah. to see like how education as a whole is going to have changed by then. So I guess it's a little early to be <laughs> to be making those calls. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, who knows how much it's going to cost, and like all. Uh, but it, it could it could be a lot better. Like, it could be one of the like happiest schools, but likely. Uh, I mean, things the thing the way things were going while we were there, it's like you know what what you yeah. said yeah i'd also like to see like i'd be curious to see if uh because at least when i was applying my mom was like so into like the rankings and like the competition hopefully like by the time my kid is applying to college like it's not like as much the same mindset i mean it probably will be <laughs> but yeah. like it's crazy to throw that at a kid you know what i'm saying because it's also like that kid doesn't even like who you are going into college and who you are coming out of college is going to be so vastly different that it's like it's just so much right. to to throw on like an 18 year old kid sometimes to basically just be like yo like what are you trying to do for your life <laughs> yeah dude i'm pretty sure none of our friends knew going like okay not none but a very small percentage of our friends knew going into college what they were going to be doing for the rest of our lives for example homie one homie like re- i recently learned homie is a mechanic 
was like, word, <laughs> that's dope. But you didn't have to go there for that, except you did. And like, you get what you can out of it. Yeah, that's for real. It's also super random. But like, what if by the time our kids are old enough to go to college, like, it's not the same mentality where like, we're not telling our kids like, you have to go to college. Like, that's the only way you'll be successful. Like, it makes life easier, sure. But after being surrounded with people who don't have college degrees, who are, like, making lives for themselves, it's just like, bro, we don't we don't need a degree. But it could just be for the networking at the end of the day. For sure. I think it's just so highly variable, right? So for maybe the stuff that, you're working on, especially because you're an artist and whatnot. Yeah, I don't, I don't see necessarily the, the sort of concrete requirement for it whatsoever. But you know, there is a networking aspect to it that sure, maybe that definitely helped. But then, like, I don't know, I have, I don't know, I have people that I know that want to work in certain industries that are. There's no fucking way you could do it without not just a college degree, but without a prestigious college degree. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know, when I went into college, I, I thought I wanted to be a fucking, like, lawyer and do politics and all this shit. And I still find a lot of interest in that. And I, I still think it's something that I love to read about and learn about. But, bruh, that, that ship is so, so fucking gone now. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? That is not the person I am now and what I want to do necessarily, right? So, like, 17-year-old me wanting to be a justice on the Supreme Court or whatever, like some absurd <laughs> shit like that. You talk to me now at 24 and I'm just like, bro, I'd rather fling myself from a tall building. Like what? So, but that kind of, that kind of mentality that I had wanting to be those kinds of things, how else would I have become this kind of person that I thought I wanted to be without those kinds of degrees? Right. So I, I guess, I guess I hope I can have a kid and raise a child who doesn't see the world in such a black and white sort of configuration of success versus like unsuccessful, they can find fulfillment mm. in things that aren't what maybe society has decided means is good or bad. Right. So I think that's the stuff I worry about the most as opposed to like, is my kid going to go to Columbia? Is my kid going to go to Yale? Like whatever it might be. Right. Again, assuming I have kids, like pretty slight right. opportunity there. But <laughs> but regardless regardless of everything, it's just the fact that our kids would have an easier time getting in than any of us did. And that's at, at base value, that's kinda lit. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely real. That's definitely real. I think I think my mom and dad I think and you see it, right? Because I think when my mom and dad moved here, that was kind of the point, right? So in a way there's I guess some notion of success there inherent to our experience so far because we did make it out in some sort of way that our parents wanted us to i don't know if that was like i don't know if that was like what i what i wanted necessarily even though i am proud of the accomplishment you know what i mean right but like at that age at 17 18 like that is success yeah. to you like your parents have built you up to like believe that this is like the pinnacle of like high school success oh, yeah. like if you get into this ivy like yo you're and then it's like a super short-sighted view because like there's the whole rest of adulthood to worry about and like making a living and all that but it's just it like at, when we were at that point like yo that was successful as fuck i remember that being like one of the 
happiest days of oh, high yeah. school when I found out. Like we have no control over that, you know, like that's just what we were taught. Well, it's interesting too, because I feel like that's also kind of shifting now. I mean, we grew up with the internet, but not to the same extent that kids today are growing up with the internet and like seeing so many different options, I guess, for themselves that, you know, don't nece- don't necessitate a college degree or just like different versions of what success can mean. Maybe mm. I saw that like on like TV or like as like one-off stories here and there, but it wasn't presented to me as like a viable opportunity. Whereas like now I feel like it's still not necessarily there for a lot of kids, but I feel like that there's a shift happening where at, at the very least, like going back to what Yeb was saying about like, it depends on your circumstances and what you want to do. It's like, you may need, not need to know everything you want to do um, at 18 and like go through, you want to still want to go through the journey, but it's also not like a foregone conclusion that part of that is the college degree. It's it because mm-hmm. there's just so many examples of people out there who didn't need to do that. And there's so many examples of different ways out there that you can move. I think in some ways that notion of it being the dopest shit ever when you were 18, totally right. Right. But I think a lot of it is tied up with how you see yourself and how identity is created for yourself right and i think up until the moment that i was 17 18 19 20 i don't know when it started sort of when i started dissociating myself a little bit from this identity of young black male ethiopian ivy league grad i don't know when i started like looking less at the ivy league grad as a big part of my life and sort of definitive of who i was but i think part of the reason why a lot of kids now that are significantly younger than us don't associate it maybe as much as part of their identity is because they see their identities being formed in this new way, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or whatever, like, and they, and they use those conduits to find success in whether it's music or shoes or whatever it may be that they're, they're tapping into, like they, it's easier for them to sort of market themselves there. Right. So that, that, that ease of access in a way I think is changing the way that the youth are conceptual conceptualizing identity itself so i think that's like a big part of it because so much of my identity was was tied up into the status of where i went to school you know yeah i I think i'd agree like i think the younger generations are like definitely more aware of like their identities because like they live in the age of instagram and facebook and like we were like I remember when we were like 14 and 15, like Facebook was just getting started. So like we were the guinea pigs and like now it's been out for a while. So they, they've seen like polished Instagrams and Facebooks and have something to look to. And I don't know, examples of people who've like made it through those veins, like the awareness that they have of like how you can craft or, you know, craft an identity or persona and just like, I don't know. I think they have a, the upper hand on like being able to be themselves maybe through these social media platforms. Whereas we were like, Oh, let's make it look like things are okay. Even when they're not. And I'm sure that still happens today, but hopefully the younger kids are figuring it out a lot sooner than we are. And it, based on what you have just said, it seems like they are. That's real. Yeah. That seems like a perfect time. Cause we're talking about identity to segue to some introductions. <laughs> uh, let's put some uh let's put some names to these mysterious voices i'll go first let's go alphabetically by first name so what's up <laughs> so what's up it's your boy azim aka azim aka lucid i think that's all i got tonight who am i joined with what up 
This is Andrew, a.k.a. Drew, a.k.a. Dwy, a.k.a. Dwy Guy, a.k.a. Poppy. Uh, that's all. Boys with the Zim. Got my degree in electrical engineering, but now a full-time DJ and event producer and music producer. Yeah. Hey. That's Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. Uh, a.k.a. Daddy, a.k.a. Yubby Pickles, a.k.a. Uh, you Know The Vibes God, a.k.a. Oh, a.k.a. King Rolodex, um, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm tight with both, both these guys. I met them through Dwy, that's the homie. I work in tech nowadays, but uh, I like to dabble in writing, making music every once in a while from the bay area but you know i've been living in new york for some time now actually going off of that yub actually came out with his first official single because i know you've you've dropped songs here and there but um yeah you recently dropped the the honoraries track with your yeah boy. yeah man i was i was back home in san jose california where i'm from or i guess from in the states but uh um i was home for that i was home for my little brother's graduation from high school we decided to fuck around and produce and i wrote something something light <laughs> uh and and uh we recorded that so it was cool we got to re-record it it's a little rough but you know i'm pretty i'm pretty happy with it as like a, a first thing i've ever really made kind of thing and uh it's cool to see like the growth in uh my writing ability because i remember when we used to fuck around in high school and like freestyle and shit and i was just straight trash um <laughs> so it's it's cool it's definitely it was definitely cool but yeah no dropped it it's on soundcloud called honoraries under the tag nine lives productions that's the, that's the page um but yeah that's what's up are you um i'm thinking about bay area hip-hop <clears throat> could i could i classify are you the next e40 fuck no <laughs> <laughs> i am yeah, not i am not at so all. it's not funny <laughs> you say that because Growing up, like obviously, I was surrounded by Bay Area rap in a lot of ways, but Bay Area rap as a region, I find it to be maybe some of the some of the weaker regional rap amongst the major areas of the United States. Obviously, there's some classic stuff. Well, what's interesting, I was talking to my homie who's who's actually from the Bay Area, um, and he was saying that a lot of the Bay Area rap and like music culture coming out was actually centered around a lot around dance. Yeah. So like that kind of makes sense if like the lyricism of the rap isn't as strong because the dance is like such a big part of it. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I think a lot of Bay Area rap, the stuff that the rest of the country knows, whether it's Too Short or E40 or whatever, like they're known kind of as lyricists, you know what I mean? And I just find E40 to be OD grading. Uh, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, I loved Andre Nicotina growing up. I, I still vibe with Too Short. Like, I still think he's he's the best Bay Area guy. And obviously, there's new Bay Area stuff that's coming out that's really dope. But no, nah, my sound is definitely not Bay Area leaning. It's alternative. It's experimental. Sometimes it's just melodic, and I'm just trying to spit some bars. But I haven't really figured out my sound, so that's tough. But yeah, yeah, I bro. mean, Bay Area rap is so, I find it like so stereotyped in a certain way where people just think it's hyphy music. It's definitely not that. So when I talk about Bay Area rap in this like way where I'm being kind of, I sound kind of like a hater, I'm talking about specifically what the rest gotcha, of the country gotcha, classifies gotcha. as Bay Area rap or knows Bay Area rap as. Like, there's obviously dope, dope, dope people coming out of there that 
don't fit that same framework. That's fair. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely hard to like think Bay Area music and not think hyphy shit. Yeah, for like, sure. That's like, the first true. thing that comes to mind. Like, <laughs> and I'm not even sure what hyphy means. Like, yeah. being from the East Coast. <laughs> Listen, man, it's just about, it's just, I will say this, I kind of love what the hyphy movement was all about, like, the energy was always great, I just didn't love the music all the time. <laughs> what was it about? I don't know, I mean, for us, it was always about getting wild and going nuts, and, like, having a mean, good man. time with your friends yeah, and shit. Say less. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it was like dancing, getting crazy, I mean, I know hyphy means, like, hyperactive, that's, like, what it's meant to be, so it's like, and we used to say mm -hmm. in the Bay... Like, it was common to just yell at people, like, yo, get active, shit like that. <laughs> so, that was that was pretty common, you know. I think that's what I always thought of it when I was a kid. How was that adjustment when you came to New York first to go from a vibe, a culture like that to New York's culture? I always feel like I had a little New York in me from the beginning. I love this place, and I think I kind of adjusted to it pretty easily. Obviously, there's some parts of me that are pretty bay where... I, I like to chill a lot and whatnot and am somewhat laid back, but the energy and a lot of my like real me, like a lot of like my soul or whatever, it just associates and meshes with New York so well that I've never found the adjustment to be that difficult. Like do I can vouch for me? Like I I Yeah, kinda, I was I was gonna I let you finish. Yeah, I can like, I stand I, I can <laughs> I can attest to all of this. Like, yeah. yeah, like you like the intensity is like perfect and like i don't know also like the sassiness like <laughs> <laughs> like that's just it's just so new york <laughs> nah. like like i don't know like sassy sassy can sometimes be like what but like not nah, men can be sassy like <laughs> oh, <we're laughs> <a fuck. laughs> yeah i mean yeah, you've had these samero vibes <laughs> <laughs> i've gotten that before people i don't know i think people just people know that i kind of I don't know. I grew up in a in a community where it was common to you know just like roast each other and shit like that. Right. It's just how it is, and I don't know. I, one of my favorite pastimes is flaming people. Like that's fun to me, and obviously with I love, agree. you know, with people that you love, obviously. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I and feel I feel like that. New York, New York is like that. So <laughs> I kind of get that. No, no, a hundred percent. Not it's it's actually really cool because like, uh, oh. For those who don't know, like I grew up in Queens my whole life and like I've actually never left because like I stayed like I went to college in the city, like grew up in Queens, went to high school in the Bronx and like spent a lot of time in Manhattan growing up in high school. Um, so it was like cool to see during college, like it was just all of a sudden I was in the same place that I grew up, but like with people from all over the country and the world. And it's just like all of, all of a sudden, like surrounded with people with completely different like mindsets and like morals and values and just like ideas and like I could see some people like really took to like the New York vibe and some people like were like I'm getting out of here soon <laughs> like <laughs> as soon as we graduate and like it's like a balance because like even. Like what you were saying, how like you're laid back, but also like still like you you fuck vibe with the place real hard. Like it's interesting because like I'll tell some people where I'm from, and like they'll be like, "What? Like you don't seem like a New Yorker. You're like way too chill." And it's like, yeah, well, that's because you haven't seen me mad. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like you, you haven't seen me tight. Like yeah, of course, but I, I just don't get tight very often. Like 
you you can be you can be laid back in New York, but it's it's definitely a harder thing to uh, achieve, I think, because like this place is just so it can be very uh, captivating in the most unhealthy way. <laughs> yeah, you can catch it. You can catch that alcohol and drug habit real easy, real it's quick. Too and fun. The cigarettes too. Oh my god, tell me about it. But it's okay. It's not as bad as in Europe, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Yeah, I mean, I also think people who have this conception of New York as, like, a mean place, I don't get that. I just think New York doesn't have, like, false pretenses. And I don't feel like people – I don't feel like New Yorkers put up the show of fake kindness in a lot of – New York doesn't have time for that shit. New York is like... That's what I'm saying. (laughs) If you think New York is mean, that just means you got your feelings hurt and someone said what they thought, what they really thought. (laughs) We just need a subway system that matches the hustle, though. Yo, fuck the MTA. (laughs) Fuck the MTA. It has gotten... It's it's trash. (laughs) Like... Big trash. (laughs) Big trash. (laughs) That's true. I mean, I guess you grew up here, so you've also probably seen the, the actual, like... I never noticed it until it started becoming trash, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, I deadass, like, like this was the first night. Like, I traveled to Europe for, like, two months. The first night I'm back, I'm deadass waiting at this train station for 30 or 40 minutes for a train that never came because they just didn't announce shit. And I was just, like, super mad and, like, kind of cranky from, like, you know, being on airlines all day, like, and it was just like, what word, welcome back to New York, like immediately just angry at the MTA for like lack of communication and just fuckery. The MTA <laughs> is the, probably, is definitely the worst part about New York. Yeah, sure. like if the MTA ran well, I'm sure everyone would be so much happier. Like, <laughs> like think about it. Like what, what do you, what's the biggest like cause, like the first thing in the day you're late for work because of the MTA, you're going to be in a shitty mood. Oh, the L's not running. Guess I'm staying in Brooklyn. Like, no way I'm going to Manhattan. Or if you're in Manhattan, like, no way I'm going to Brooklyn. Like, <laughs> for sure. I also think that, like, beyond the fact that, you know, all the different things, like the culture or whatever, and all the different things, like the MTA that might make people tight about living in New York, aka the bureaucracy and shit, I feel like people in New York are also some of the most actually, like, kind hearted, too. Like, in a lot of ways, I've seen things in New York that just wouldn't happen in other places where people band together and take care of each other in, in ways that are, you know, touching and beautiful and make me love this place, make me love New Yorkers. Oh. Like, when bad shit happens on the subway and you see a whole fucking cart ride with each other, like, you know, yeah. defending someone or whatever, like, that shit's tight. <laughs> and that doesn't happen yeah. in other places. I feel like yeah. New Yorkers are, sure, they don't got time for the fake shit, but they also don't got time for you to be violating. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's like, that's why I love it. That's pretty powerful, man. And it's really cool to hear you say that as someone who like didn't grow up here. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like when I go home, I get so much shit from my fucking parents being like, oh, they're so fucking mean in New York. And I was like, you really? don't know what you're fucking talking about. Your parents are like constantly bringing that up and shit. Oh my God. Yeah, they're like, oh, they're so, the people aren't nice. They don't like smile. Shit. I'm like, I'd rather people not smile and be real as fuck with me than go to a town where people are always smiling and talking shit behind my back. How many times have they been to New York? Like three times. (laughs) It's the typical non-New Yorker who's never really fucking been to New York or experienced New York for more than three three days a year over the course of six years, three times. 
then saying some shit that is completely unfounded with like no real data behind it. She was like, what are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> like, what? Like, me and my bodega man got a great relationship. Like, stop it. <laughs> right? That's my guy. Yeah. New York City is a city of transplants is, like, what I'm realizing more and more. Because, like, it's rare to find someone, like, if you go out to a party or whatever, it's rare to find someone who's like, yeah, I grew up here. And, like, when I meet someone, like, I don't even have to hear them, like, say that if they're from New York. Like, there's just this kind of energy that I like start to feel from that person where like I feel like I can kind of say more fucked up shit or like <laughs> I can kind of just fuck even though I just met them like I can already be like teasing them or giving them shit or just like be my sarcastic like fucking self and like it, it's just fun to talk like it, it's like it just energizes me and like it, it's weird that like i can sometimes i can guess when people are like from new york just off like how we're interacting in like the first three or five minutes so uh, there, there's definitely something to like uh the energies do you see yourself staying in new york for a while i think for the like direct future i'm probably gonna be staying here because this is where i like set up my roots in terms of my career but i ultimately do want like a good portion of my adult life to live elsewhere because i think it's like pretty important and every time i leave the city it's like wow these people live a completely different way and they seem happier (laughs) or like oh like this isn't the only way that like you have to live like when it comes to just the like hustle mentality and just like I don't know always feeling like you need to be productive um I think as someone who grew up here it's hard to get away from I think I'm gonna die here probably or like maybe not I don't know it's hard to say but I think there's just something about it that keeps pulling me back but it's really important to like to me to go out and still see the rest of the world and like learn what I can from everyone and everywhere I go because like the world's so big man like New York City can be the center of some shit which is even debatable but like I don't know people are nice everywhere that's real yeah how do you feel about that shit Azim? well I mean kind of going back earlier in the conversation we were talking about um being first generation and like Part of it is our parents came here to put seeds in America. I mean, not even like New York, but just America in general. So like part of it is like feeling obligation to grow that out. But then the other part of me is like, well, y'all left y'all home country. <laughs> so like, I don't even know if I necessarily would want to um, stay in America my whole life. Or at the very least, I, I want to spend a good chunk, like Dwight was saying, out of not just New York, but probably out of America in general. Like, I feel like there's such a global conversation happening right now. And like, we're so even, even as much as we try to break ourselves out of it, which I feel like all three of us probably do try to do. Um, we're still like in the America bubble. And then within that, in the New York bubble. So I just want to like get myself out of these bubbles and see, see what happens. Thanks. Yeah, man. I, I totally relate to that in, a, in, in some ways. Uh, but then at the same time, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm I'm so enamored with New York in a lot of ways. I do want to leave at some point in the near future, but I, I couldn't see myself leaving and never coming back. You know what I mean? Right. 
Like I right. can never see it. I've, I think I've associated so much of who I am, what I want to be, what I love and the opportunities that I, that the opportunities that I see as potentials in my life with this city, it's almost cool. become like an extension of like a happy place in a lot of ways. Now, granted I go back to California and I'm like so relaxed and chilled out for a couple weeks whenever I'm there with, you know, seeing my family or whatever. But at the end of the day, man, I, I don't know if I spend too much time away from here, I start getting a little, a little restless, you know, <laughs> like, and I think a lot <laughs> yeah, of that has to do. Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with who I think of myself as right. Like, and you know, this is without getting too deep or whatever, but I think in some ways I see New York as this like cosmopolitan center and although it is debatable that it is, you know, that it's the center of whatever people think it's the center of, it is one of the centers of many different things and many of those things I value. And I see New York as this like sort of reflection of my in my, 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 my thought process and who I am internally. And, you know, going back to that whole conception and idea of identity, I, I, I'm so tied up with it, you know, so I don't see myself leaving and never coming back. So yeah, definitely long term. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to be a New York boy for a good chunk of my adult life.